Hey, you no are locked happens, on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden turns out, Gophers. Turns out, we're just keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Kane Robb, and we have a special guest for you today, former Gophers Hooper, head of marketing at Players TV, one of my favorite follows on Twitter because he always keeps it real. And I didn't know this until recently, but he is also a chicken wing expert, so we're definitely going to have to dive in on that as well. But thank you, Kendall Shell, for joining the show. Hey, appreciate it, man, for sure. Yeah, we can dive into whatever you want to. <laughs> well, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, and they will help you find qualified candidates that you want to talk to even faster. But we're going to jump in. We're going to talk about basketball eventually, obviously. But I have to talk to you about the football team first. I want to hear your quick thoughts on the football season, what you liked, what you didn't like, and your thoughts on the bowl game coming up. Yeah, so I mean, I feel like from a, let's think back to, you know, when I was there, 2011, 2015, right? Coach Kill, uh, those were those years, right? And to be honest, it wasn't the best years of football, right? Bowl games were very hard to come by during that time, I would say. And so in looking at it from the, you know, bird's eye view, I know we had high expectations this year. Well, let's just start off by saying I'm just happy we're in a bowl game and we are continuing that tradition since Coach Fleck has been here. Um, I think it's obvious that everybody wants higher expectations, right? You want to be playing in a Big Ten championship this year, but I think the guys competed. You know, I think Tanner has some injury stuff, a lot of stuff going on, which, you know, you never know. And we had a young guy that was able to step in and, and bring some, I guess, excitement to the program. So, you know, they're going to have a solid team next year, a solid team after that, just because I feel like there's something that's been built. It's been a good foundation. And it's a lot similar to, you know, the basketball program in that, we just have to be patient. Right? I feel like in a way, the football program almost exceeded expectations pretty early when Coach Fleck came. And so now it's almost like, whoa, are they taking a step back? And I think the same can be said, we'll talk about it with basketball, right? Coach Johnson's first year definitely exceeded expectations. And now it's kind of like they're where they're supposed to be, but it almost seems like they took a step back. So I think fans, you know, you just need to be patient and it's not all, it's not going to like happen right away. Like the big 10 is a tough conference. I think we get that. We understand that, but you know, we have a lot of guys that are getting national accolades a lot more often than we did 10 years ago when I was in college. So that's what I think about. And I like that. So I, overall, I like the trajectory, you know, of where they're going. Right. No. And I'm with you. I think patience is key. And I think that it's okay to have higher expectations, but at the same time, like you got to keep it realistic as programs rebuild and grow. And as you get the younger talent in here, which we see on both the football and basketball sides of things. So great points there. Now, if last question on football, if you were Mo, would you play in the bowl game? I think people are still up in the air on if he's going to, or if he should rest. And I know he's like 59 yards away from the all-time program record. So if that were you, would you play or do you think you'd just start getting ready for the pros? I would play <laughs> like, <laughs> the competitor in me. Like he's, I think he's so close to the record. You know, it doesn't 
hurt to have one more badge on your belt either as far as winning another bowl game. So, um, you know, I would play. And also we just obviously we don't know where he's at, like health wise, stamina wise, like mentally, like if it is something that's really like risky. And I think he's the only one that knows that. Not at all. But if it's just a matter of I can or I can or like I'm hearing from my family and agents like don't play, just wait. Then it's like, oh, I mean, I can go. Right. I could play one more game. Like if it was a bigger bowl game, if it was the Big Ten championship going into a bigger bowl game, like would he play, you know, so. I try to get that record though, me personally. <laughs> I feel that. I feel like I would want want you have so many. Why not get that top right. one too? So exactly. But all right, let's flip it to basketball. We'll talk about the hoops. And so we we talk about depth on <clears throat> how do I want to word this? I want to say eventually, what are you liking that you're seeing? We've talked about depth here on the show. We've talked about the youth here on the show. And we'll talk in depth on the players themselves, but as a whole team, what are you liking that you're seeing? I think for me, I like seeing guys just being fearless, just things like, right? A lot of the freshmen specifically, a lot of the new guys, they're fearless in a sense that they're having to step up at this point. Um, I think they're making bad mistakes. And I think that in the Big Ten can hurt you. I think we saw that in, in the last Purdue game. and in the non-conference, the high level, like experienced teams that hurt you as well, right? Specific things like live ball turnovers and things like that. But I feel like I like that the young guys are stepping up and like, that's all I'm seeing because I just know how important they're gonna be. Like, this is the beginning. This is really the foundation of what he's trying to build. Uh, it's the only second year, right? It's only the second year. So I would say this is kind of that real first recruiting class and honestly, I think he hit it out of the park with this recruiting class. And so I feel like that's the main thing I like about it. Um, but other than that, you know, basketball wise, there's a lot of things that just aren't clicking right now. And I think that's the reason why they're, they're losing games. But I feel like it's easy to see, like it's a lot of fixable things. I don't think it's a matter of not having the talent. I think they just have to fix a few things. But I actually think they're a really talented squad. They're not as deep as a roster as a lot of big 10 teams right now talent wise but from the starting five to a few of the bench players like they've got a lot of good talent on this roster absolutely um as far as improvements that you think need to be prioritized what would you say are the biggest things that are hurting them what mistakes stand out to you with the team i would say rebounding is number one i think they're boxing out okay they're not really hitting and finding a body though they're almost like meeting them there you know at some point you got to go hit and find a body they're not really hitting and finding a body and so then in return since they're kind of just meeting them then the offensive person has a better chance to go get the ball like they have to go hit them early turn see the ball and go get it I think they're rebounding like it's just it just hasn't been good I think this last game, you know, with Edie and the mammoths that, you know, Painter recruits is obviously tough, but it's like great for them to see that extreme of like, yo, you got to really box out and rebound hard. And so right. I think that's really number one. I feel like they've probably been out rebounded every game. Uh, you know, number two, really defensively team defense. Like, is they're not really playing defense as a team? I don't think they really know who that leader on defense is yet. Uh, and they don't really because that they don't play defense for the full 30 seconds, the full short shot clock. And so I think that's really that's really hurting them. Like they 
they really aren't just getting good stops. You know, they need to really be able to string together stops. Um, I think teams are missing shots a lot of the time, but like we just need to play better team defense. I think that starts with just getting used to each other, right? You know when someone's going to lock somebody up, when someone can crowd and when someone's going to maybe get beat. You know when someone's going to block that. You just give, like you got to feel that stuff. So I think defense, and I think the third biggest thing is the turnovers, specifically the live ball turnovers. Like their live ball turnovers are pretty bad. Like, and that just leads to easy points on the other end. Um, but just turnovers in general, I think they, they're very – as a freshman, it's hard because it's just such a different pace. And so it takes a little bit getting used to the speed and everything. Um, and then a few of the upperclassmen as well, just getting lazy with the ball. And like, you can't, you can't have that at all. But I think those are the three biggest things, the rebounding, the defense, and the turnovers. Um, I mean, I would say turnovers is, is offense, but like, other than that, it's not really a lot of offense I'm mad at. I think they've just got to get used to each other. They've got the talent right. as players. Right. No, I definitely feel that. And what you're speaking with team defense is huge too, because athletically, it seems they're able to get deflections and get their hand in there. So if you actually get together as a unit and get that clean, tight defense that you're saying where people are in sync and understand how to react to each other, it could just raise the bar so much higher for the team. Agree. Agree. And I don't know who that you need that clear vocal leader on defense, or you right. just need that that player right that's that Draymond Green type player right like the Marcus Smart the Patrick Bev for the Timberwolves something like that that just gets you going just gets you going um you know it's it's usually teams have something like that um I think the closest thing we have to that is like Joshua Joseph uh, I think he's a hell of an offensive player as well too but you know he kind of has that junkyard dog type player in him where he can do that type of stuff but you know, obviously he's just getting used to the speed of the game as well. But yeah, I just don't see that leader out there that's vocally bringing everybody together. If there's, you know, something that happens, they follow someone who's the one that's bringing them together. You know, I think Talon in a way, but he's more of a the offensive leader. But like, who's really that guy that's going to one, bring them together and two, act like the Marcus Smart and then Draymond Green is going to be tough because it's, it's the Big Ten at the end of the day, right? We need someone like that. Right. That's a great point. All right, so we'll dive more into the players specifically, what's maybe stood out to you from some of these freshmen. But first, I got to ask you, what made you choose Minnesota for your playing days? What really sold you on coming up here? And then also, what was your favorite memory with the Hoops program here in Minnesota? For sure. Um, I think what sold me most is Coach Smith. It was Tubby during the time, I think. What Tubby did and what he stood for, you know, as a coach during that time, as a black coach, as a successful coach, I think it was super powerful for me and just powerful for, you know, my parents, my family, like they loved him. They looked up to him. I think as a high school kid, like a lot of it's on you, but a lot of it's on your parents. You've been like under them. They're the ones that kind of gave you that opportunity for a long time too. So, you know, you value their opinion very highly as well. And I think what he was able to do and the comfort level he was able to instill in a lot of parents, like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, turn your young man into a man and an adult, like, I think that was really hit home with our parents and then with myself in general. Like, yeah, he just kept it real. You know, we talked about guys he developed. He talked about guys that's gone through the system, what they've done. And I think that's what really sold me during that time. We talked about Minnesota as a, as a city, as Fortune 500s. Um, I think that helped a lot. You know, originally I was planning to go out to Pepperdine, which is completely different. Malibu, California, completely different experience. But 
you know, they didn't have a football team, right? They didn't have a lot of that stuff. And it's just something about the whole Big Ten in itself, uh, you know, it really sells you. But your second question in terms of memory, who is tough? I would say probably, probably would be Indiana, like my sophomore year when they were number one. Um, just because of all like the starting fives we played against, we had a lot of great starting fives from Draymond at Michigan State to Aaron Kraft and Sullinger at Ohio State um, to Michigan when they had Trey Burke and Hardaway Jr. Like those are some great starting fives, but one of the best ones was at Indiana starting five when they had Big Oladipo, Cody Zeller, Jordan Halls, right. you know, Yogi Farrell, Christian Watford, right? A lot of NBA guys on a lot of draft boards. And so we beat them at home and team, I mean, um, whole arena, barn rushed the court. Like, I don't think you can beat that one. I think Tony at Tony's Diner on campus still has it like blown up as a mural, you know, on the wall. So I got to say that's probably the, the best memory, like beating a squad like that who you knew was such a good team. Right. I love it. I love it. All right. We're going to take a quick word from our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs, but we're going to dive right back into basketball coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Every day these days, a new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And it doesn't have to feel like that all the time. You want to feel 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates out there. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team even faster. And heading into the new year, that is priority number one for small businesses. All you have to do is you can post about your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. And then you just add your job in a purple hiring frame around your personal profile so that way others in your network can see your hiring and recommend other people they think might be a fantastic fit. Then you can use simple tools like screening questions and other things to make it easier to focus on the right candidates quicker. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to even faster. And again, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. All right. Thanks for listening to Locked On Golden Gophers and making us your first listen when it comes to daily gopher sports. We're here talking with Kendall Shell. And I got to know, what are your thoughts with Coach Ben Johnson in year two as far as how things are progressing and what you're seeing from year one to year two, now having those real foundational pieces, the younger pieces that he can get in place in the system and really build with as opposed to maybe a bunch of transfers like we saw last year. What are you liking so far? Yeah, so I would just say I think he hit it out of the park, you know, as I mentioned earlier with this recruiting class. Mm -hmm. I think he did a really good job in bringing young guys in that can play right away and compete right away and probably can, can play for four years unless even any of them take, you know, a significant step and, you know, all of them have that pro-type potential, to be honest. Like, it's it's really cool to see. So, like you said, this is his second full season is first full season actually bringing guys in that, you know, he didn't have to find on the spot of a dime like he did when he first got the job. And right. I think it's a, it's a great class. I think they, they've done, they've had a tough test, some tough tests early, uh, but I don't, I haven't seen them really get their heads down. And I think that can happen obviously. And I know coach Johnson, that's, that's why I'm so high on him is because he's played the game. He gets it. Um, a lot of coaches can get rattled like when games like this are lost. 
a lot of coaches can, you know, bring down the whole mood in the entire locker room, but I think he understands this is a young team. They're going to honestly get punched in the mouth early with some of these games, but it seems like he's keeping kind of the, the culture and the energy up. You know, it, we've only had one Big Ten game, so we'll actually see as we get further into the Big Ten because it's a gauntlet. Like, we all know that last year's Big Ten, you know, conference play wasn't the best. We went through it for a long time. We started out pretty hot. Um, but we'll we'll see this year how the team responds. But overall, I just love what he's doing overall with this class um, and also just the energy of the program. You know, that's it's, it's been great so far. Right. Well, let's talk about freshmen in particular. Uh, I think each one of these freshmen has had moments where yeah. it flashes, it clicks, and it looks exciting. So what has stood out to you about guys like Pharrell Payne and Josh Ola Joseph and Braden Carrington and even Jaden Henley so far. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we start with Pharrell Payne. Like, he might be the most college ready big man I've ever seen come through here since I've been around, you know, really following the program. That sounds like 2009 is 2010. Freshman coming in, he's ready to go. You know, he's got a good body on him, good size, really good footwork, um, great passer out of the post as well, good vision goes and gets the ball, doesn't back down from anyone. I love everything he's about. I think he's an all Big Ten player if he stays for four years. I think he's really that caliber of a player. So I love everything he's doing. Like he could, he can be up there as one of the better big men that's gone through, right? When you talk about the Jordan Murphys, the Daniel Turus, the Trevor and Bakways, like Pharrell Payne has a chance to be mentioned uh, in that same category. Then you look at like a guy like Jaden Henley, he can just go. Like you can just tell, like dude can just hoop. <laughs> You always want a guy on your squad that can just hoop. When I'm there, out there on a recruiting circuit, you want someone that's a system guy. You want someone that's going to do it all. You want someone that's going to be a big, that's going to be a bruiser, all that. And you just want guys that can just hoop. Into right. the shot clock, go get you a bucket. Jaden Henley's that type of guy. You can tell he's kind of got the ball on the screen. He's starting to catch up to the game, to the speed of it. I love his game. He's got great pull-up. He can get to the rim. I want him to get more paint touches. Like if he gets to the rim and starts getting to the rim, like it can be a really, really easy path for the Gophers to score points because you have guys around him like Dawson and Jameson and you have guys down low, you can dump it down to. So I don't want him settling as much. I want him getting to the rim, but he's just a playmaker. He can play. And honestly, like my challenge for him is I think he has a chance to be the best defender on the team. I'm talking like an Austin Hollins type defender, right? He has that same type of player in him where he's pretty long. He can play, I think he's like six, seven on paper. Mm -hmm. So he can play, he can guard, honestly, one through four. You know, if a five, like is at the body type, he probably can guard that as well too. So like he has a chance to be the best defender on the team. And I, I mean, that's really my challenge to him because he has that potential, just like Austin Hollins was probably our best defender for a, for a couple of years during that time. And the only person that has a chance at beating him at that title would probably be Josh Ola Joseph. And I think, you know, that's obvious just because he plays with so much heart and tenacity out there. Like you've got the guy guarding again, a guy probably can guard one through four, right? So having two freshmen that can guard one through four right now like that is super powerful. But what he does is, I mean, he's a lot stronger probably. And he honestly has unbelievable bounce. So he can get a lot of rebounds, a lot of boards, like, I don't think we've quite seen it yet because they haven't quite meshed yet, but I have a feeling we're going to see like Rodney Williams type highlights that come from Josh Ola Joseph, you know, over these next couple of years. But 
as a defender, like I talked about earlier, he's a junkyard dog type. He can guard one through four. And him and Jaden Henley, like, they should literally look each other in the eye each day and be like, yo, let's shut down the other team's guards, the other team's wings, whatever it may be. Like, both of them can really shut down guys. And Ole Joseph can get you a bucket, too. That's the other thing. Like, I think he's he's really been relied upon to be that energy guy and give a lot on defensive end. But as they start to play better team defense, I think we're going to see him start to even score a lot more offense. Um, and then the last one is um, Braden Carrington. So Braden Carrington, I think he started a little bit late, starting to get his footing. But again, Mr. Minnesota for a reason. I think what I noticed about him lately is he's a really good rebounder for a guard, like a really good rebounder. So, I mean, we're talking about Pharrell. We're talking about Jaden. We're talking about Ola Joseph. And we're talking about Braden. And I talked about them all being good rebounders. And I talked about our number one weakness is rebounding. So it's almost like, that's why I'm so optimistic, I think, because I know right. when they figure it out, they're going to figure it out. Like, Brayden can really rebound as a guard, which is super important. Seems pretty confident, starting to get the shot and his feet up under him. And obviously, he's Mr. Minnesota for a reason. Minnesota basketball is at a really good place. So even just to be at that level, you know the guy can go. So just overall, all four of them, I feel like as they start to keep coming together and get used to each other, like, we should be super excited. And, like, it's good that they're going to Purdue and getting beat by 20 because you ask anybody, Purdue's a top two, top three place to play in the Big Ten, like easily and one of the toughest places to play in the country. And I'm watching the game. I felt like I was getting PTSD when Purdue started going on those runs because it's different. It's almost like Indiana and Michigan State. When these Big Ten teams start to go on runs and the crowd starts to get into it and Purdue's a place where it's shaped like a pit, like you legit feel like the walls are closing in on you. And that could have been the best thing that these freshmen would have could have ever gone through as their first big team game. Like it was David versus Goliath, literally with Edie. So I'm just I'm just glad they were able to get punched in the mouth early on like that, because now the rest of the season, I don't see an environment that's going to get any tougher than that was, in my opinion. It's their first big team game. The nerves are through the roof like there is nothing they're going to go through this season that's going to be tougher than that first game. Right. And that should help them through in this next matchup with Michigan, too. And even being at home, having that experience should help them see this game as not less of a challenge, but mm -hmm. it's not as hostile of an environment. And that should help them get more into that comfort zone, find the groove quicker and start to build that chemistry like you were talking about. So definitely huge. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. They've got everything from amateur leagues to pro leagues when it comes to football, basketball, baseball, soccer, esports, hockey. I can keep going on and on and on. Bet Online is definitely where you want to get the latest trends and actions and the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, I want to move it over to the veterans, but more specifically, Talon Cooper. I think Talon Cooper brings a lot to this Gophers team, and I want to hear your thoughts on what you've seen from him from that guard perspective. Cause I feel like a lot of fans, they know what they're going to get from Dawson Garcia. You know what you're going to get from Jamison battle, but they don't aren't able to see maybe what doesn't show up in the box score. And I feel like Talon Cooper does a lot of really good things that might not always show up on the box score. So I'm curious to know your thoughts on him and what you've seen so far. No, I agree. I think he, he keeps the pace. He keeps the pace. He doesn't get too down on himself out there. I think a lot Every point guard, you know, they're going to get down themselves a lot of time, but 
he just keeps them together. If it is one of those live ball turnovers, it happened. All right, let me get it back and let me just make sure everybody's good and we get back into the flow of the offense. But he's responsible for so many points. Like, obviously, on paper from the assist and just his points in general, but just the way he opens up the floor when it's a fast break, whether it's just getting into the offense, some of the off-ball screens he take, sets. Like, he's one of those guys that has all the little things you can't really teach. Um, I think he's just getting the speed of the Big Ten and getting used to it and honestly having a lot on his shoulders right now and getting used to all that. But, like, just the little things where he knows where guys are at or where he knows when to set a screen and when to find someone you know, or when to get to the rim on a break or just little defensive things. He's got all that. And it just comes with experience. That's why I say it's things you can't teach. Like mm -hmm. that just comes with experience, with a lot of open gym, with being around guys that can play the game. So I like that because you can tell he's been around guys. And like, that's important for the young guys, like those little things that can get you there. Um, and yeah, overall, you can tell he's, he's played the most college minutes of a lot of these guys, like him, Jameson, like you can tell, like, just because of the way they carry themselves out there. But I like him as a floor general. Like he's, he's, I feel like he's the definition of a floor general. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to continue to understand where guys are at and start to find them in their places. And they're also going to understand where he's looking to find them. So I think that's going to cut down a lot of the turnovers and careless turnovers that we are starting to see from him. Because I think that's the only challenge I'll have is to kind of limit some of those live ball turnovers and really get that assistant turnover ratio down. But other than that, he's just such a good leader. And he's such a good player to have on the court. It's like, he's one of those guys where you have to have on the court at the end of the game. Like you just have to have him out there. And I right. hope he knows that. And I hope he also really focuses on his free throws as well. I think the whole team probably needs to focus on those, but focus on those is that's, that's going to separate them a lot in the big 10. And he's going to have to go to the foul line a lot because he's good at attacking the rim. Love it. I love that insight. And I think it'll definitely be helpful for not only the players, but also for fans to just hear that perspective and kind of have that understanding. Now, the last thing before we dive into upcoming games on the schedule is your thoughts on the 23 draft class, uh, or not draft class, recruiting class. But um, I just am curious on your thoughts about, on it. I love it. I know some Minnesota fans in general are always like too caught up in how many kids are coming from Minnesota itself. But like this draft class feels like a home run hit to me. What are you thinking when you look at that 23 recruiting class? Yeah, I agree. I think it's a home run as well. Uh, just like this recruiting class he has. I'm like, oh, can it get much better? I really think it does. I think it's a home run. I know a lot of the rhetoric now is we need to have in-state recruits stay home. It's not always going to happen. One and two, a lot of these great schools, a lot of these power five schools, like they're not recruiting in state a lot of the time either. So it's just, it's one of those things where we definitely want to get some and it's important to have some, but like you look at the roster and got a lot of Minnesota guys on the roster right now. You know, I think there's nine that have Minnesota ties. So like literally nine. I remember like I thought about it earlier as I knew it was the conversation again. I was like, All right, let's see how many we have. I was like, wait, like, what are we even talking about? Like, we actually just had a really good class, in my opinion, and they're from Minnesota. Like, I don't really know what the what the deal is with that. So I know that's the rag, but I think we're getting way too caught up in that. I think mm -hmm. that's just the headlines. I think it was lazy, you know, in my opinion, and I'm not calling on any reporting, but it was lazy reporting because it was a matter of Tyus Jones, you know, getting right. it's looking at the number one kids in the state exactly. and then saying they're not coming here. Exactly. It's like, it's like trickled down since then, right? Where it's like, 
I mean, they were getting a lot of guys prior to that as well. Yeah, like Blake Hoffar was coming. You know, Trevor came back. Royce White's during that time. Rodney Williams, Joe Coleman. Like, you had guys that were staying home. Um, it's just some of those bigger guys. And I think we've gotten caught up in that. And I don't, I don't think that matters. But as far as this class and that's coming in, I love it. I agree with you. It's a home run. I can't wait. I'm going to keep watching this season. And I hate when people talk about the next season, but my good, like as a, as, as an investor, if I had money to invest in the team, I'd be like, look at this team. Like right. <laughs> what they're coming. Look what they have. Right. We talk about this class this year, going through what they're going through. Like they have all big 10 caliber freshmen on the roster this year. They all stay together and learn each other. It's going to be great. And then you look at bringing in two guys that are on the bench, like Parker Fox and Isaiah Enan next year huge assets but then you bring in these two um new recruits and like i've been able to do my due diligence i've asked around i've looked at their tape i've looked at what they've been able to do and i love them both cameron cam christie um honestly i've heard great things about cam so i'm gonna have high expectations for him like obviously we know his brother max you know had a great one year he's in the league now that means a lot just right off the bat just right off the bat, if your sibling is in the NBA, you've already got just a head up mm-hmm. on anyone else. You're able to go to some of these open gyms to see some of the film, to learn things he's gone through already, to play in just open gyms against guys, against his teammates, against overseas guys early. I'm with it. I know he's down at Illinois, right? I, I know the Illinois basketball scene is tough. It's a great scene. So I'm with that as well. And I'm excited about him. I heard that he can go i've heard he has a little more tenacity in him than his older brother also which is important to have right a little more swagger especially mm-hmm. in 10 like you gotta have something like that so him coming in like right away great recruit like great recruit and then dennis evans man big body i think he's like seven one on paper yep i'll be able to block a lot of shots what have i talked about earlier like rebounding being one of their weaknesses all right, well, we have him coming. Right. You know, we talk about all these guards that we say are great rebounds are going to learn this year. It's going to learn how to hit and really box out. You've got Parker and Isaiah coming in. Like, that's a great rebounding team, in my opinion. Next season, when you bring in a guy like Dennis Evans, I think he plays a good, you know, high school season on the prep scene. Like, he plays a lot of great players, a lot of great guys. So I'm super excited about him because in my mind, you know, I look at him, it just seems like he's all about ball. Like, he's just all about basketball, not worry about much too else, right? Not caught up in all the social media, right? right. So I think that's that's a real thing. That's an important thing, like, this day and age. Like, it's huge. You need to You need to understand it. You need to be able to monetize your name through social and a lot of those avenues, right? I work in marketing. We talked about it earlier. I get the importance of social media and social media marketing. I work with the athletes all the time. But in a way, you need to also just, like, rid yourself of all that and that's hard for a lot of guys there's a lot of instant gratification that you get from social media and it seems to me like Dan Evans doesn't have any of those worries like it's just like he's locked in he's ready to work I'm super excited for him it looks like he block shots get rebounds raw on offense but long arms lefty hard to guard already like I'm super excited about what he what he has to offer Yes, sir. I'm with you. And the thought of Dennis Evans and Pharrell Payne in the front court together, man, that can be scary. I mean, you look at the starting five next year, that could be, you don't even know who it could be, but 
That's a tough starting five. Like you probably got Talon and Braden both going head to head for the one spot. You've got Jamison and Dawson probably locks for the starters. But then Josh Olajosi, you see his trajectory. He's going on already. Henley, he's already made his way to the starting lineup. It's going to be some guys, and they're going to be able to play next year. They're going to be a lot deeper. And you bring in Parker, Isaiah, obviously. But then, yeah, that front court, like you just said, and Cam Christie's going to be able to play right away. Um, so I'm super excited. I think I think I think there's a there's a lot to be said, you know, about what they're able to do. And we didn't even mention Caden Betts. So absolutely, it, like you said, if you're going to invest in a team, now might be the time to hit your wagon. But let's move and close the thing out with upcoming schedule. Now, the Gophers had a rough go at Purdue, but like you said, it was a great learning experience for them, especially the younger guys. Mm -hmm. And they have another really tough opponent coming up in Mississippi State. Now, looking at the net ratings, Purdue is seen as the number three team as far as the schedule they've played and who they've beaten and whatnot. Mississippi State is a similar tier opponent. They're ranked 23 in the nation and have the net five overall. So, what do you think the Gophers, what adjustments do you want to see playing at home against a team of a similar caliber coming up this next week? If we win in the rebounding department and have less turnovers, we win the game. It's, I think it's really that simple. If we out-rebound Michigan and we beat them in a turnover battle, we win that game. And I think it's easier said than done but I think it's easy to show and tell those guys like hey let's stop getting out rebounded there is no Zach Eady on the side but Hunter Dickinson I mean he can play right he can go so but it's let's 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 think about that last game let's remember all those times you felt helpless trying to box out Eady and let's win this rebounding battle Mm -hmm. and then second let's stop all these live ball turnovers. Like I know they looked at the film. I know they broke it down for all those turnovers and they saw how many points they gave up off of that. I'm sure that they ran for every turnover in practice this past week. Like, so <laughs> let's Make sure we limit those turnovers so we don't have to run for turnovers again. And I think we can win that game that way just because at the end of the day, turnovers, especially live turnovers are deflating. Offensive rebounds are deflating. And we can't have that, especially at home. Mm-hmm. Simple as that, like, at home, and I've learned as a recent, you know, being and talking to a lot of guys that we played against back then, I never knew the barn was such a tough place to play for uh, opposing teams until I started talking to guys recently. And, you know, it is a tough place to play for teams when we have our fans behind us and we have that full energy. The fans will be behind you, but when you miss some free throws, you're probably going to get the, uh, you know, or when you do get that offensive rebound, you guard somebody for 30 seconds, you might get that gas so you want to limit those moments and really bring the fans you know with you and I hope I hope the guys realize that too like that type of stuff's important you know like Trevor and Bakwe used to joke about it but when he yelled like that like people got hyped the whole arena got hyped when Dre Hans used to hit a few threes and get the crowd up people got hyped so <clears throat> I think that stuff's super important for them like they've got to really focus on that um, and they've got to just keep the energy up but if they limit those things that they can control they should win the game because I think they're starting to get their footing. Dawson's not going to be in foul trouble like he was. Jamison's starting to get going. He's starting to feel it. He's starting to really play. Um, and these guys play at home. They practice all the time there, so they're used to it. They've got to protect home court. You know, even in some of our worst years that I played there in terms of Big Ten conference records, 
it wasn't the home games we lost. It was the away games. So you've got to protect home court. Like it is ultra important. All right. Final thoughts here. So the Gophers <coughs> to close out December have five home games, Michigan, Mississippi yep. state, AR Pine Bluff, Chicago state, and then Elkhorn state. What do you think realistically is an outcome that the Gophers should be striving for in that five game stretch, but also um, what do you think are the biggest things to focus on in those games prior to heading into the big 10 play? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for them is just to play with energy, like just to play with energy out there. That's the biggest thing they need to focus on, like have fun, but play with energy. Like last year's team wasn't that talented in our our opinions. You know, they were just kind of throwing together a lot of transfers, but Mm -hmm. something about them, you know, they really were fearless. I talked about the Gopher team being pretty fearless, but that last year's team, extremely fearless. They played with, you know, so much energy, like unbelievable energy. That's what this team needs to do. They play with a lot of energy and then play together. And I think that's going to, that's going to come. I think the second half of this last game, they started to move the ball a lot better. You started to see that. And so just think about that thing about what you're able to do there. Um, but I think they're, they're able to realistically, I would want to see them go four and one. You know, I think Mississippi State's a ranked team. They're a tough opponent, veteran type team. That'll be a tough matchup. Um, Michigan, obviously, as the numbers say, they're not doing too well. Mm-hmm. But they got some guys that can go on that roster. Like they've got some hoopers. <laughs> so these first two are going to be tough. But again, when we're at home, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. We should be controlling what it is realistically you know they should be striving for five and oh if they're any less than four and one in my opinion it's like come on guys like we're better than this like right. we've been punched in the mouth a couple times from purdue from these other guys to pause like we've seen what we're doing and why we're losing we should be we should be at least four and one coming out of these last five games i think those last three we're we 100 we should win those games first two it's going to be tough, but when we're at home, we should at least go one and one. And I'd be striving for five and oh, and I tell my guys, that's what we are right now. We're going this end of the year, five and oh, that's our goal. Let's get there. Right. And if you take that momentum and you take beating those two bigger teams and then cleaning up how you should against those lower tiered opponents for the final three, the momentum heading into Big Ten play is huge. So I'm right there with you. I absolutely I'm excited to see what the Gophers put on the floor in this upcoming week of basketball. That's going to do it for us on today's episode. Kendall, I thank you so much for taking the time to come out. And we're definitely going to have to get you back on the show here sometime, maybe closer to March Madness or so. But thank you for coming out and joining the show. Appreciate it. Had a good time. And yeah, we'll have to get out there. But go Gophers. Hopefully we we see some happy, some magic happening over the next few months. For sure. For sure. All right. Thank you for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on YouTube and that's going to do it for us. We'll see you next time.